What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. Let's get a little energy in here. Let's get a little pep. Let's get a little pizzazz. Money, 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 money. I'm spending money. Yeah, that's right. Uh, are we good to go? Yeah. All right, welcome to the show, everybody. That's Marcus Parks. I'm Ben Kissel. Big money spender to my left. It's Ted Cruz. Yeah, I don't want I'm Ted Cruz. Wow, political. Nobody's going to work anymore. Uh, I don't care if the fucking... Salmonella gets all up in your nose and you're eating mm-hmm. your chicken. I don't care. Ah, congressman, everybody take the week out. That's not so bad. Is Salmonella beef. impression? It was great as far as the overall energy and no, rage Ted, that filled Ted, Senator Ted, Ted, Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz sounds more like this. I'm Ted Cruz and uh, everybody, you know, we're just working for the weekend, everybody. Everybody <laughs> enjoy yourselves. Working for the weekend. I just man- imagine like congressmen running up and down the office, just like playing with volleyballs and stuff like <laughs> right, that. Right, right. All right, Fuck well, let's these people. Let's get off the depressing news of the uh, U.S. government and into some exciting news that deals with macabre, ghost stories, spectrophilia, and overall demons. Uh, we we accepted stories from you guys this thank- week, and thank you so much for submitting your stories. They are all incredible. We've talked to some awesome. people. People today, you're going to hear their stories. Uh, a lot of frightening shit. Um, we've all experienced horrible things, and it's nice to hear it firsthand. That's right. That's right. It's uh, it's been more more than a thrill to uh, to uh, God. Get, I love get a chance to actually speak with you. Guys. I October love is Halloween. The best. It's really perfect. Um, all right. Well, do we just want to go to our first caller? Yeah, let's go to our first caller. All right. Let's start it off. All right. All right. We got Sarah on the line. Sarah, welcome to the show. Hail Satan. How's it? And how's it going, guys? Magustalations. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm I'm full of Indian food and coffee right now, as we were <laughs> talking right. before. Yes, uh, Henry. Uh, it seems spontaneous, but we set this up. Yes, Henry uh, <laughs> revealed to all of us that he had lamb curry uh, with iced coffee this morning, and now he's sucking down another iced coffee. So you can imagine the tumbles that are currently going on in his stomach. <laughs> it's quite disgusting. It's probably. Uh, Slightly scarier than your story, Sarah. But please, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you're our, you're our, our guinea pig uh, storyteller. So let's do this. Yes, thank you so much for calling in. Thanks, guys. Uh, okay, so um, so this is like a story that I don't tell very often because I worry that people think I'm crazy. You're but- crazy, <laughs> Henry. Don't judge her. This is a safe zone, Sarah. Safe zone. Continue, <laughs> thank please. You. Appreciate that. Um, so when I was in when I was in high school, I used to babysit a lot, as a lot of like 
young girls do. And um, I was babysitting one night for one of my brother's college professors. Uh, and she had, she had three scenario. kids. And um, they lived in one of these like super big old houses. Um, like Buffalo, like it's pretty depressed right now, but at the turn of the century, they had these like, it was like pretty booming. And there were like, they would, there'd be these like huge mansions. And now, you know, they're, um, teachers can afford them. Yeah. So, um, so I was, so I was babysitting one night and, um, I put the three kids to bed. They, they were really nice kids, I put them in bed. They were fine. Um, and I sat down on that couch and I started doing some homework. I, I remember I was reading a book and there was a moment uh, while I was reading the book that I, it was like instantaneous. I went from sitting on the couch to standing in the kitchen. Um, wow, that sounds exactly like what Henry does. <laughs> <laughs> just losing time. Um, but it was just, it was just, it was like, there was no putting the book down. There was no standing up. It was just stand. I was just standing in the doorway of the kitchen and I was looking at the kitchen and it's kind of hard to describe, but I was sort of, I was looking at the kitchen and I was seeing it um, as it was, but I had at the same time a knowledge of how it was supposed to be and where things belonged. Hmm. And I was sort of confused as why they weren't like that. Huh. Um, which was a weird, it was a weird feeling and it was, and it's hard to describe it. It was sort of like, I, like, like next to myself a little bit. It's hard to describe. So uh, did but you feel was, like was a, it was an out, uh, out of body type experience or? Well, I was like, I was like, yeah, a little bit like I was in my body, but I was also not myself a little bit. And it we have to ask really, you, were you high? I wish. Were you being a bad babysitter, Sarah? <laughs> I was a very good girl. I was a very, very good girl. Um, and so I was standing I was standing in the kitchen, and I started walking around the house, and I was looking for uh, a child named Mischief. Okay. Um, I, I, I mean, that wasn't their Which name. Which is a stripper name. <laughs> yes, yes. And also a Tom Waits song. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. A child named Mischief. Yes, child named Mischief. <laughs> That's perfect. Um, That's a perfect Tom Waits, Henry. So you're looking for this child mischief. All the kids yeah. are asleep. You're in this massive house. And yeah. uh, have you had you been in the house before? I had, yeah. Okay. And I'd never had really an experience like this before, where I was just sort of like not myself, just sort of like walking around. And I could feel uh, another weird thing is I was wearing jeans at the time, but I could feel a long um, wool skirt sort of brushing against my leg as I was walking around, hmm. like and I was wearing clothes that I wasn't wearing. Interesting. Um, have you ever so? And, and are there is there more to that before we dive into an analyzing your story? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, okay. Uh, more to so so anyway. Um, there's just a little bit more. As I I walked around the house and I was looking for mischief and I walked to the top of the stairs to the um the second floor, and I stood at the top of the stairs and I I just rested my hand on the banister and I could feel between my hand and the banister like a leather strap hmm. that I had been carrying. And um, I said out loud, mischief. And at the end of the hallway, a door slammed shut. And uh, that was a moment where I just sort of like became aware of what I was doing. And I went back downstairs. So were you actually holding a leather strap or you just felt no. as if you were holding a leather strap? No, now, I, I just I had the sensation, but I wasn't actually holding anything. Um, this is my question. Uh, have you ever read any have you ever read Missing Time by Bud Hopkins or uh, anything by Whitley Stryber? I read, yeah, Whitley Stryber. I have. Yeah, because you know it's it's pretty much identical to his story. He said one of his many um, abduction episodes was that he was reading a magazine and basically uh, it was like all of a sudden it was like an entire day later. 
while oh, wow. he was reading the mag- magazine and basically he didn't know basically he had made uh, I forgot who he was making well, he was making food on the stove yeah. and then when he came to it's, it's basically he was just reading a magazine and then all of a sudden he looked up and it was daylight and his, the food on the stove had completely congealed inside well, the pot I had a very similar experience uh, with a penthouse yes. once you know took me yes. a while um, have you, you ever had regressive uh, uh, hypnotism done? I've not no Hmm. Where um, did you uh, come up with the name Mischief? It, it just came into your head and you felt like that was right? Yeah, I mean, it, was, it wasn't, yeah, it was just something that I was, it, it, it like it wasn't coming from my brain, which is hard to explain, even though right. it was like my the, head. No, it, it reminds me of the Philip K. Dick experience he had when he believed that he saw ancient Rome uh, superimposed on top of our own times, basically then started his series of visions where he uh, was spoken to by an alien intelligence called Vallis that told mm-hmm. him that, uh, you know, the time isn't real. Uh, Henry, Which is, gonna, uh, there's a lot that's kind of just <laughs> yeah, 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 a lot to kick in. Your kids are going to be so confused. Get crazy, yeah. Dad. What time is it? Well, time isn't real, but according um, to but it's humans, taco time. It's always taco time at the Zabrowski. <laughs> Henry, uh, you might be able to answer this. Do ghosts sometimes take over a person's, uh, you know, life? It seems like she was like guided by a spirit here, right? Who was like reliving, you know, maybe she was an old uh, housewife in this place, and she's like, they changed my kitchen around, and where's my goddamn child? It's quite I need to possible. Whip yeah, that could have been a slave leash that you were holding in possibly. your hands. Who knows what mischief was up to? My other question is. Um, have you ever, have you had more experiences like this in the future? Like since then? No, you know, I really, I, I haven't done anything. I mean, it's similar to like sleepwalking and I've never done anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had sleep paralysis, but I've never had, uh, nothing like that has ever happened before or since. You may, um, you may have taken a little sidestep into the twilight zone. <laughs> Ooh, the- uh, twilight zone. Interesting. Yeah. The Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. <laughs> oh, I love that program. <laughs> did the kids? Uh, did the kids think that you were the the best babysitter yet? Did they give you rave reviews? Well, especially because you disappeared for an hour and then they right. just started drinking all the booze. Yeah, God knows what they were up to while you were over having your a pizza world. party where you're, you're walking around in a wool skirt in your alternate dimension. Yeah, yeah, we played all kinds of wild, crazy games. No, they were fine. They were asleep the whole time, so they. Did you report this to the parents? And if so, did they have any sort of like a similar situation with them? Well, you know what's weird is I didn't I didn't say anything to them because it literally didn't occur to me that there was anything weird about it until like a couple weeks later when I was talking to my friends about like spooky stories. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? That's a spooky yeah, story. You know weird. what, guys? I think That's I was possessed that. by a demon. Um, honestly, <laughs> it is. It is a, it's almost a stereotypical uh, abduction scenario. And maybe if um, you know, if you apply for Obamacare, <laughs> no, right. you can go ahead and get um, uh, maybe uh, have a mental health technician take cool. a look at your brain, your brain dome, and uh, mm. maybe take you back in the past with some hypnotism and see if you have any hidden memories. All right. I will do that. Yeah, do that and get back to us and let us know how your brain's doing. <laughs> I'll let you know. I'll give you guys a brain update. You're Thanks. the best, Sarah. Thank you so Thank much. You so that much, was very Sarah. spooky. Hail yourself, guys. Sarah. Thank you so much for listening. Don't see any ghosts in Chicago, but if you do, take a picture of it and get that proof, all right? Get that money. Okay, I will. I will. Bye. Goodbye. Bye, Sarah. All Thank right. Thank you. Um, all right, Henry, you're going you're gonna to read a... Uh, Viewer or listener submitted story. This is one of our many creepy emails we receive. We love your creepy emails. Yes. Um, no penises. Not you know, one. Not a single penis, which is good, um, but no boobies. That's kind of sad. Either. So yes. 
I guess if we're going to take one, we should also take the other. So I guess I look at your penis, but I also rather look at boobies. That's right. Well, we we value all life equally here. Um, you know? All right. So this is a first story from, uh, I forget, we don't have his first name. It's S. Otterstein. S. Otterstein. Mr. Otterstein. Or is it Otterstein? I don't know. I'm Roman Catholic. That's right. And so I don't care. <laughs> so this is the first story. I was home alone for a few days. I felt someone was in my room, and I felt a cold hand holding mine. It was your grandmother. <laughs> Come oh, on. oh, little Scotty Odestino, love it when you touch me. Just read the story. Don't make this guy out to be a pervert. Thinking it was a dream, I just squeezed right back. <laughs> All of a sudden, I felt an electrical shock. I opened my eyes and looked at my alarm, 4.30 a.m. I tried moving, but I couldn't. So thinking it was a dream, I closed my eyes. I was still unable to move, so I continued trying to move. I felt that shock again. <laughs> Open my eyes. 4.40 a.m. It happened a third time at 4.50 a.m. I closed my eyes and just tried to shake my whole body, trying to move any body part. I moved my arm, then quickly my whole body. I had work in an hour. Mm. I went to my basement to get my clothes out of the dryer. It was the middle of the summer, but the house felt cold. Very cold. My pet was no mirror to be seen, which I imagine was some sort of lizard. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that, yeah. And that feeling I felt of someone there lingered throughout the whole house. There's a small window in my basement the size of a a license plate. As I grabbed my stuff out of the drawer, I looked through the window. Suddenly, that feeling of someone being there and being watched reached its peak. There sat a black cat staring at me. I slowly grabbed my, my remaining clothes, closed the dryer. It kept staring at me. I don't know why, but I walked to the window and started smacking the window, thinking it would scare it away. It kept staring. It finally blinked and slowly walked away. I got dressed and drove off to work. I don't know what it was, but it was pretty freaky. That's a scary story, my friend. And here, here's another one. He has, uh, this other one, is re- he says really quick. Here's another one real quick. I'll let you guys decide if it's related or not. I opened my eyes and saw a deep, dark figure standing in front of me. My room is usually dark, slight light coming off the alarm clock, PlayStation light, etc., the figure was roughly four feet. I couldn't see any features like a face, body build, or anything, just deep black. I just remember thinking, who are you? I got an immediate headache and fell asleep. Later that night, I, wor- I woke up with a hand on my shoulder. I opened my eyes and I was facing the opposite direction when I was facing the dark figure. So feeling that hand on my shoulder, I turned around thinking, I heard, are you okay? Hmm. And then there was the ba- black figure again off to the side where it originally stood was the figure that had its hand on my soldier- shoulder. A seven-foot-tall figure. Instead of being really deep black, it was light. Not bright, more of a white. And again, I can't make any physical details. I went to sit up, slowly thinking that I was fine. Then they made for my window, then disappeared. I sat up in bed, just staring. Stayed up for a while longer, thinking about what had happened. Hmm. Very interesting. Again, very similar to Whitley Stryber's account of the aliens in his room. Tiny yeah. figures. Um, you could have been could have been Terry the Gnome. You I know? was going to say Terry the Gnome. Like, yeah, say, I'm going to fucking punch your balls. Sort of a Danny DeVito type. Little yeah, I'm going to sit up on him and put my gnome ass in your mouth. Oh, yeah, I like my gnome ass. Oh, yeah. Interesting, Terry the Gnome. Terry, Thank you're you so being much. inappropriate. And then the Just white figure also reminds me of the tall whites. That, sure. um, uh, that Whitley Stryber uh, uh, immediately believed that, uh, you know, one dressed up as a 1920s gangster for him. So Mr. Otterstein mm. could have been uh, visited by the tall whites, by the alien. Very much so. Maybe they were there to protect him. There's a lot more to this life. Indeed. All right. Well, thank you so much for submitting that story. And I think, uh, why is the black cat so demonized 
among society. Is there an actual reason? I was thinking about this the other day. I saw a black cat and I'm like, oh, black cat. But I'm like, why? Who cares if it's a black cat? What? What's the mythology behind the black cat? I think it's straight racism. I think it is racism. <laughs> That's more of a hair kind of racism. Hairism. Yeah, all cats are pink on the inside. That's right, and kind of on the outside if you shave them. It's funny. It's not in uh, in the Great Britain. Black cats are seen as lucky. Well, I everything's guess is, opposite yeah, over there. That's the thing. They I call the uh, trucks lorries. You know, mm-hmm. they Man. eat cakes for breakfast. They're Back ridiculous. Yeah, the all the idea <laughs> that black cats are evil comes from Germany, which, as we know, there okay. is a lot of witch folklore that comes from Germany. Well, there, a, I think that a lot of the black cat has to do with um, they believe that. Um, Witches and sorcerers always had some sort of animal companion. A familiar. Yes, a familiar. And then cats are normally viewed as that symbol, especially, I mean, that goes back to ancient Egypt. I just think there were a lot of, like, lonely women that people called witches that loved cats. Yeah. And then they're like, well, (laughs) black cats, you must be a witch. And in fact, when some people were caught with black cats, they would kill the person who had the black cat. That's extreme. That is is a bit intense. But here is a funny little punishment for that one. Uh, As people killed so many cats during the Middle Ages, that enabled the spread of the Black Plague because cats killed rats and the rats spread the Black Plague. (laughs) Don't kill the cats unless you want the rats and Uh, then you get the Black Plague. God, he's a funny old fella, isn't he? That's that's great. (laughs) They deserve the plague. Last podcast on the left is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Thanks, Squarespace. With Squarespace, it's easy to create a beautiful website all on your own terms. Don't let anybody tell you what to do. This ain't your mama's website platform. It is, actually. It's actually be very easy for your mother to learn. You don't want to miss Fluid Engine. It's a next-generation website design system from Squarespace with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. I thought it was just the name of what my blood pressure medication turned me into. I'm I'm peeing. Now, my goals for the year are I have two warehouses filled with horse picks. Now, I know a lot of people, uh, obviously this bit has been done, but the Zendaya centaur picks are not going anywhere. And I've been trying to get the Judge Reinhold sitting on the Clydesdale line out. Uh, I need these moved, okay, because I have to move into the storage unit. Let's just say there are problems at home. So I need Squarespace to shoot this through the roof for me this year. And that's why I'm going to go full tilt. And not only are you going to get the Judge Reinhold sitting on the Clydesdale entire series, clothes and non-clothes, what we also are going to offer, and I mean this, we're trying to get into draft rides. I brought this up the other day. We got to start riding other animals but horses. Take pictures of the horses. Photoshop the horses into other celebrities, but stop riding them. Save a horse. Ride a giraffe with Squarespace. Go head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's just right here. What would you do of another extra hour of your day? I mean, well, obviously I'd get some nunchuck training in. Oh, I'd make love to my wife. That takes about nine. That's a full nine minutes of that hour. And then I would probably uh, go to get a donut. And then I'd probably yell at my parents. But a lot of us wish we had more time. The question is time for what? 
I don't know. What works for you? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. And therapy can help you find out what matters to you so you can do more of it. You know that question? They're like, if you had a billion dollars, what would you do? You know, and like, you know, when I answer it's, of course, I would grind the government to a standstill with my giant machine of my making in secret for many years. But a lot of people get mad at that. And it's really hard to do that in a job interview or like when you're meeting somebody's like your significant other's parents for the first time. So, and we might actually want to think of starting therapy. So give BetterHelp a try. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash last pod today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash L-A-S-T-P-O-D. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. And if that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Now, I love Babbel, and I love what they're doing for the people of America. But I went on there to find out if I could learn Fremen in order for me to go and harness the desert power that it would take to finally get the raids of the sand planet Arrakis. Uh, but they said they only offer real languages and uh, stuff that can really help people travel. I think that's mostly what Babbel's looking to do. They didn't really, like, I called customer service and I asked me, like, well, how can I possibly harness the power of a million Fremen? And they said, please, sir, stop calling. And I said, but I, I'm doing an ad for you currently while we're on the phone. And Babbel, you know what? God love them. They helped me learn German. And in the end, they, they were right. Because German's a lot more useful. Here's a special limited time deal for listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right, we got Aaron on the line. Aaron Hill Satan, thanks for calling in. Thank you. Thank you. What's um, your... Say Hail Satan. Hail Satan. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Another quarter in the jar. There we go for the devil. <laughs> and guys, I went to Catholic school, so it's like... God, yes. Extra. Such a juicy soul. Big, thick, medium, rare soul. Straight for the devil. That is terrifying. I'm sorry. That is terrifying. I'm putting went, my shirt back on. I went to Catholic school as well. It just immediately flew off when you started doing that. It's very bizarre. I went to Catholic school as well, so I understand your sick and demented mind. Um, yes. All right, so your story is uh, dealing with sleep paralysis? Yep, sleep paralysis. It's uh, when uh, your body and your mind are not on the same plane sleep-wise. It's like when, Usually when it happens to me, it's when I'm going to sleep. I'm almost asleep. I can feel myself like kind of descending with that heavy feeling. And then your body falls asleep, but your mind is awake. So you're conscious but you're paralyzed. You literally hmm. can't move at all. Okay. That's really yeah. intense. Um, I do that, but I do it on purpose, and I do that to myself with weed. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, all right. But you had one uh, particularly uh, dangerous experience? Yes. It was because uh, 
because you're asleep, you are you basically start to dream and you have hallucinations. Mm-hmm. And the first hallucination and the most vivid one I've ever had and the most frightening one is I was in bed. I I suddenly couldn't move at all. I had this intense suffocating pressure in my chest, which just felt like a giant weight. And I thought I was dead or dying. And then I looked in the corner of my bedroom and I saw a tall, thin man standing behind my door in the corner, staring at me and smiling. Could you make out any other features other than the smile? Was it a full-figured man or was it more shadowy? It was very shadowy. It it basically just kind of like at that moment in the corner, it looked like a shadow with a face. Really interesting. Now, I, a lot of times, I, you know, when you say it's smiling too, did you see, would you feel like you saw a full, like, corporal smile, or was it like you just knew what it was doing, like your brain was just finishing the equation for you? I think it was probably my brain finishing the equation because he did not have distinct features. Like, I couldn't right. tell the color of his eyes or anything. And who wouldn't be happy staring at you sleep? You know? It sounds like a wonderful thing to do. It's just so relaxing to do. Yeah. And so when you saw this shadowy figure, you attempted to move, I assume? I thought somebody had broken in my house. It right. was like it, it felt that real, but I couldn't move. And that's when I put it together kind of in that way that you sort of can when you're asleep where you're like, is this some kind of dream or is it a ghost? Or like, I had no idea what was happening. And then he like, he crossed the room, flew into the air and landed on my back. And on your back? On my back. Hmm. So you yeah. were lying on your side at this time? I was lying on my stomach. Oh, was, okay. Yeah, I was. I, I usually sleep on my stomach. Oh. And it landed. he landed with like a thud on my back, knees digging into my rib cage. I felt like physical pain. And the, the pressure in my chest became even more intense. And then he started touching me all over and making me touch him. And I still couldn't move. And like, Are you sure looked- this wasn't like the landlord, right, <laughs> yeah. in a scream outfit? landlord so yeah i I have like my building is run by a corporation so maybe it was like the (laughs) incarnated uh, (laughs) yeah because corporations are people now thank you Mitt romney thank you i'm not sure if it it had anything to do with it but that's fine yeah did this take place in brooklyn no it took place in manhattan i live in manhattan that scratches eddie murphy from vampire in brooklyn off the list hello (laughs) how are you how are you so he's on your back and he's pawing away at you. How how did you manage to get this uh, entity off of you? Well, it was I basically just had to wait because I couldn't move at all, and I I just kept thinking to myself, okay, well that like I don't know what's happening, and I was just terrified. Like I, I like all of this is with the benefit of hindsight. I'm sure at the time I was just like screaming internally just because right. It was just so insane. Nothing like this had ever happened before. And, yeah, so I I thought, like, am I going to be raped? Am I going to be, like, what's going to happen? Right. And then I just took a huge breath of air, sat, like, and just moved all at once. Like, my, I did a full body jerk, and then he was gone, and I was awake. Well, there was, a, I'm reading your email right now, there was one other detail, I think the most disturbing detail. Uh, that yeah, that you told us about, uh, there was something that kind of sexually happened somewhat? Yeah, yeah. He he did touch me, like, between my legs. Wow. And, yeah, 
and like I didn't it wasn't like having a sexy dream it wasn't like I felt um, like awesome about it no it was not at all awesome it, it just felt like when some like somebody touching you like I could just feel right. a hand like, like I couldn't feel any pleasure or any stimulation just like a hand there so did you feel flesh touching you or did you just sort of feel like someone just had a wooden board smacking I, at you I felt flesh I felt like I, it felt like a person that's so, and so have you had experiences like this since then not as intense, never a per, like a physical person uh, jumping on me. But I I hear things like the just just the other day, uh, a few weeks ago, I felt somebody grab my throat and <sighs> just and squeeze me. You know, you, you probably should maybe start doing something along the lines of like uh, tarot or something like that because you you probably have some sort of like medium mystic skills. I, I've I was to a psychic and she said that I have like she said I have past life memories that are very dark and that attract uh, attract uh, these dark spirits to me. Hmm. So, so this is a haunting situation. Possibly. Although continue. Although these kinds of what I find really fascinating about uh, about sleep paralysis is that there's a kind of universality universality university yeah. to the to the hallucinations mm-hmm. uh, if you read like because i did a, i've done a, like a bit of research about it because like the first thing that morning i was like what the fuck was that right yeah. right was henry <laughs> zabrowski over here no she said uh, a thin man i know it oh. really ruined because i mean honestly the you would have been delighted t- if you yeah. saw a little chubby shadow going <gasps> hey hello <laughs> um uh, and so and like everybody like there's a lot of Everybody feels suffocating pressure in their chest. Everybody mm-hmm. feels something on their stomach or on their back. And several people have reported there being sexual stuff happening. I actually, because I've read a lot about sleep paralysis, it seems like there's a lot of sexual encounters that happen with these types of hauntings. And I really wonder what it is. I wonder if there was, a, a, if there's some sort of tie-in to how someone feels about sexuality and, and when these episodes happen. And I also wonder... Uh, if it's just sort of where the archetypal like incubus or succubus came from, and yeah. it's also just a sign of vulnerability to be touched and uh, sexually, and it's also uh, an attacking force with the sleep paralysis. If you're a woman, you're being attacked by a man. If you're a man, you're being attacked by a man. Very Ooh, rarely yeah. do you have a uh, man who has sleep paralysis that has these sexual feelings. Very rarely, is like a, yeah, a like woman. a big titted, like blonde woman, like from planet Venus, and she's like, "I'm here to." <laughs> Drain you, Zabrowski. Oh, yeah, you know, and I'm like, great. oh, I'm being haunted. Oh no, oh no. <laughs> I'm so it's scared not like it's not like Dan Aykroyd in Ghostbusters. It no, is exactly, a demon yeah. coming to rape a man in the ass. Right. Like I've seen this time and time again. Aaron, did you check <laughs> to see if like w- your windows were closed and all those and, and all those uh, things? Your door yeah. was closed. There's no way anyone was in your apartment. No, there's there. My door was locked. Nobody came in through the window, and it was literally like. One second he was there, and the next he was gone. My other question is, is I know we, because we talked, uh, Erin actually took the Murderfist sketch writing class, and she does improv in the pit, and she's great. She's super, she's super funny. My question to you is, I we talked about how you've had a lot of um, uh, vivid nightmares as well. Do, do you think that ever, uh, did uh, the thing that you saw match any imagery you've seen in your dreams? Um, Honestly, like, he wasn't, 
that no, I'm going to say no, because I have seen, I've had like dreams involving uh, rape before, but never to such a vivid extent. And it was not like a recurring character or anything like, oh, hey. It's oh, again. it's Mr. Domino, yeah. the night rapist. Yeah, oh, yeah. Mr. Domino is one of the nicest of all the night rapists. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, do you have, and, and start to get personal, but is, is there a history of, of abuse or anything? No, not at all. Hmm. All right. Awesome. Well, that well great is story. Thank you so much, Aaron. Yeah, that one really is terrified. Uh, and Aaron, pl- and uh, you're also a horror writer. Please uh, yes, yes, uh, yes. Uh, plug away your uh, source material. Uh, I currently have four stories out. In four separate issues of Dark Moon Digest, uh, issues one, four, twelve, and Dark Moon Digest presents ghosts. Awesome! And yeah, you can get them on Amazon. Awesome! That's Dark Moon Digest. Check it out on uh, Amazon. Thank you so much, Aaron. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank All right. You have a good. Time. Have a good afternoon nap. I don't know. I should. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. All right. Thank you, Aaron. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Welcome to the show, Amy, everybody. Thank you so much for calling in, Amy. Oh, thanks for having me. Hail Satan and hail yourself. Hail Satan, hail myself. Yeah. <laughs> hail Satan. You're hail Satan. God, I just feel I'm I feel like I'm growing more back hair every time I hear a hail I Satan. believe that you probably God, are. God, I love it. I'm not sure hail if it's I'm, I'm a human hedgehog. <laughs> yep. You are slowly turning him into a beast, Amy. Thank you. Um, all right. Uh, what's your story all about, Amy? Well, um, as as we mentioned previously, I've been a comic for about 11 years. And about a year after I had started, um, a fellow comics brother was at our shows a lot. And he was a photographer. Oh, yeah. And he, he mostly did boxing photography. I'm in Phoenix. And okay. Vegas is so close that, you know, he spent most of his time working there. And he came to a lot of comedy shows. And he... Uh, volunteered to do all of our headshots. So he was a nice guy. He volunteered to do them for free? He volunteered to do them for free. He asked me out on a date, and I said no, because I didn't want any drama, you know, if it didn't go right or whatever. Right, you just right. got to get I these said, free headshots first thing. That is what that is what is <laughs> matter here. Headshots could, is the best part of this story. Yeah, so you could date any dude on the street. You know what I mean? You could date thousands of men, but free headshots are very rare. That's right. That's right. Well, as a comic, you know that that stuff can be expensive. Absolutely. 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 All right. So you, you know, and it's not like we get paid all them uh, that much. And I was still new, you know, like maybe a year into it. So I was like, yeah. So he did our headshots. He asked me out and I said no. And then all of a sudden on the news, we were hearing stories about um, in the Southwest Valley here in Phoenix, all these animals were getting shot like dogs and horses at farms. Hmm. Um, and then a couple Walmarts were set on fire. And we actually had two serial killers. One started as a serial rapist, but it was like the summer of Sam up in here. Okay. And what, what year was this? We had, um, gosh. This, uh, according to uh, my research. 2006 is when... Uh, it all came to a head. Oh, okay. when it all came to a head, but it started around 2004, 2005. We had the baseline killer who started as the baseline rapist. Okay. And um, then we had the serial shooters. And these serial shooters were going around mostly on the east side and um, like Scottsdale and Tempe, shooting random people, like at bus stops and just random people walking down the street or riding bikes. 
And very zebra murders uh, esque. Yes, so definitely yeah. DC sniper esque. Yeah, that's yeah. for sure. And how many? I wonder if they're all inspired by DC sniper. That's a good question. Uh, uh, how many people died uh, during these uh, random shootings? You know, I believe that I think it was seven died. Um, I'm not as good on the statistics right. probably as you guys eight, are. But Phoenix was eight gripped died. with eight, eight died. Twenty-nine were injured. Twenty-nine. Damn. So we're talking shot. Yeah. Wow. And so Phoenix it was, was a terrified. Crazy summer. Yeah, yeah, it was terrible. Like I was afraid to take my garbage out at night, you know, because we had these two crazy people. At first, they thought it was the same person. Mm-hmm. All of this stuff, and then it was coming out that okay, it's different. I'm driving to work one morning. I'm listening to the radio, and all of a sudden, they say Dale Hausner has been arrested for being one of the serial shooters. I just got chills, and my nipples got hard. And how did you know? <laughs> wow, nipples got hard. How did you know who Dale was? Dale was the photographer who was the brother of one of my fellow comics oh. who did my head shots. Unbelievable. Oh my God. Well, what is it? Did he take it with a giant, like, rifle with a camera on the end of it? It's like, yeah, bam, yeah, yeah. These are they beautiful. Did. These are they the gray for commercials. High, high ca- or high, I don't know much about guns, but they had some pretty wicked guns. Right. Um, and I, immediately I sent a text to one of the other comics. I'm like, do we know this guy? He's like, yep. I mean, what are the chances of two Dale Hausners being in Mesa, Arizona? I got a chill. Like, my whole body went cold. Right. Oh, my and God. Then and then I was like, oh, my. Like, I didn't know how to feel because this was a friend of mine who was very nice to me. And he didn't shoot me. He did not shoot you. You were on his good side. He wanted to date you. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, she turned him down for the date. So, Amy, you yeah. are very lucky that this man didn't take that extremely personally. Exactly. I mean, and I had a blog on my MySpace page. Of course, MySpace is the old MySpace is gone. So the blog is gone. But I was very torn because, you know, you had a valley of people, especially family members of the victims hating this person. And, you know, I sent his brother. I knew the whole family. I sent his brother an email. Hey, let let your brother know I'm thinking of him. I didn't want to get too much into it, but I felt so terribly for the whole family. Well, I mean, oh this is God, you are yeah. put in a very interesting position, and this is, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer had a father. Jeffrey Dahmer had a couple of friends. I mean, it's a difficult, difficult place to be in because you know this guy as a good person. He gave you free headshots, and, uh, and next thing you know, he's murdering a bunch of people. It must be a very conflicting uh, mental headspace to be in. It was terrible. It was like, um, I think it's on the Dahmer Files, the black lady who lived in oh, his yes. house yeah, yeah. give a sandwich By to the way, everyone. Oh, yeah, Amy, absolutely. Amy, what do you think? I ate human meat. Yeah, I've been discussing this on stage recently, and I've, I'm fairly certain we can all agree she ate penis sandwich, right? She, she ate, ate, she ate Asian sandwich. penis sandwich. Asian penis. soy sauce on it. Yeah, it's yes. called it's it's a dong me. Ah, <laughs> a dong me sandwich. I've lo- I love that sandwich. Where can I find one? We got to go to this random. Well, do you apartment think that maybe if you could have just kissed that guy once, you would have stopped a lot of people from getting murdered? Do you blame yourself? And should <laughs> I, you? You know what? A lot Jesus. of people have said, "Oh my God, it's your fault." But he actually had a breakdown. I think his daughter died. He started his um, Sam, his roommate. They started doing meth, which is huge out here. Oh yeah, right, um, right. I'm from upstate New York. We never had meth. Right here, it's everywhere. So um, he had a breakdown, and I, oh yeah, no, it's not actually your fault. Is that really? No. Your fault? Yeah, <laughs> I I can't. No, I I would never. 
take credit for that. It would be cool every once in a while. I'll be like, yeah. And actually, <laughs> when I tell that joke on stage, I tell the story. And right. they do end with, you know, I probably should have said yes to dinner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it might have saved a lot of lives. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's what this guy was charged with. He was charged with 87 crimes attributed mm. to the investigation, including eight murders, 19 attempted murders, numerous aggravated assaults, drive-by shootings, firearms charges, cruelty to animals, and arson. He was convicted of six murders and was sentenced to six death penalties. Whoa. And now is he, he has still incredible alive? Incredible headshots, he, though, he had, which he also was guilty for. He had right. a mandatory appeal, okay. uh, of course, as they have in Arizona. And, and then he after, didn't want those. He, he did not want them, and after his uh, his first appeal, he waived all future ones and said that he requested to be put to death, quote, as soon as possible, and on June 19th of this year, killed himself in his cell. He died, Fuck. yeah. He, he was hoarding... Um, prescription medications like the antidepressants and i'm tearing up right now thinking about it because i just it's hard for me to see that side of him but um he was hoarding the prescription medications and not taking them you know how they check under your tongue and everything he somehow was hoarding them and overdosed on the medications the prison was giving him he was going for one big hit one big final uh... yeah and he had already tried once he had taken handfuls of benadryl a few years ago okay Turned out and just... this whole thing killed their dad. Oh, of like, course. The, dad, the, the, um, right. the stress, like he went through open heart surgery and never recovered. Is the brother still a comedian? Yes. Wow. I mean, you gotta yes. be. You have no choice anymore. You know? I mean, I now, yeah, when yeah. I perform with the brother because the brother, um, his name is Randy. He has a joke that says, now my parents can't say, why can't you be more like your brother? <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> Amy, how many times do you think your name has been scrawled on that prison wall of uh, <laughs> of Dale? Is it Dale? Uh, yeah, no, that would be I, a Mr. Hausman. I'm, I'm going to pretend that it's not because I really don't think that he even thought of me after that. But when I had told you I emailed the brother to mm-hmm. say, hey, let him know I'm thinking of him. He emailed me back a couple weeks later and said, you know, I let Dale know that you were thinking about him. He said hi. And he always really liked you. And I'm like. Delete. <laughs> yep. Yep. Delete. That's the deal breaker. Oh, that's the deal breaker. This guy right felt there. he felt pretty bad about it afterwards. He said that he ruined the family name as people would hear Hauser's name and think of Charles Manson. See, I just think of Doogie Hauser. Yeah, I think sure. so. Yeah, I Dale Hauser. Yeah, Doogie. Yeah. yeah, Doogie still got it, but Dale Hauser is close. He did have a bit of a head on himself. He said that uh, when you think of Manson fifty years from now, you'll think of Hausner. I Are don't know. On the Wikipedia site right now because I'm I'm reading yeah. exactly what you just said. Yeah. Um. You know what? I I don't know if people even really know about Hausner outside of here. Did you guys know? No, of him? never no, heard of no. him before. Never, never heard, heard of it. And you'd think we. This is like you were saying, Ben. This is kind of the same type of thing as the zebra killings. Like, why don't we know? Why wasn't this national news when the right. DC sniper was such huge national news? I mean, I guess that had more to do with nine eleven. That had a lot more to do with nine eleven. Yeah, now yeah, it's like it did. I, I honestly feel like they tried to deflect as much attention as they can from random shootings. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they can't just like um, if they don't immediately catch the guy and have like a good neat little yeah. a thing to pin to. Right, him. right. Yeah. It wasn't like the Gabby Gifford shooting where it's like it's nothing romantic about this one. No. Oh my it's, god! And Gabby Giffords, of course, is our hero here. But yeah, I, another. Did you know about the baseline killer? I'm just curious about outside of you know here where it was Nash it was news every day. Right. Did no. you guys know about the baseline killer? No, Never knew about really. the baseline killer. I mean, which is it's a great name. It's a fantastic. Well, that's because yeah. we have a, a road called Baseline Road here. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. And a lot it sounds of like a trance album. <laughs> so, Amy, how has this affected your life? Are you more aware of random acts of violence that might possibly, um, you know, go go after you? You know, I mean, just, I mean, are you more, uh, you know, um, do you walk with a, with a little bit more of a scared step than you did before this? No, because you know what? I'm a New Yorker and you guys know that we have to walk a certain way and people never mess with us. Nobody messes with me. I, I don't, right. I don't. No, I mean, honestly, they do the opposite. They ask you out on dates. It's like everybody else is getting killed in Phoenix and they all just want to bang you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, they I mean, all it's want to bang me anyway, but <laughs> yeah. um, it's, um, I, I don't really think about it because you can't live in fear because then you let the terrorists win. That's right. That's Hell right. yeah. And we're not doing that. We're not doing that at He's all. But, I mean, how run. many people can say they know a serial killer? That, it's an amazing story. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. Thank you so much, Amy. And Amy, would you no, like thanks, to, uh, as a comedian, I know we all like to plug something. Uh, is there a website or something like that that people can go and, and, and find a little more information on you? Well, actually, um, the comedy I, I do once in a while, but the movie I just made that I told you about is called Social Media Stole My Kidney. Great. Um, I'd love people to be more aware of that because it's live organ donation, and that's what I'm all about. That awesome. is great. Absolutely. Awesome. I just media. signed up to be an organ donor on my last driver's license renewal. Oh, everyone's going to want those. That. That's going to yeah. be like Yeah, a, they're going to want your ruined spleen and horrible <laughs> exactly. liver. What's my that black, with the black, black lungs and enlarged liver? The city next year? What's that, Amy? Does that mean I got to blow you when you come, when I come to the city next <laughs> you don't, year? You don't got to. You don't got to. <laughs> but, you know, otherwise I might become a serial killer if you don't. <laughs> oh, yeah. Stay away. So, please. <laughs> Um, all right. Social media stole my kidney. Check out that movie. Thank you so much for calling, Amy. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. You too. Right. You as well. All right, Benjamin. Freak us out with another spooky internet tale. Oh, yeah. Patrick, you're the lucky listener that gets me to read it. Uh, <laughs> everyone loves that so much. And I love uh, this intro. Sometimes last podcast needs a hero. And I tell you, our hero is Patrick Lorpy. There's or Torpy. Torpy, Patrick Torpy. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, uh, I would say your Torpy is a better name than Lorpy, yeah. so you win. You're yes. fine. Yes. If you're ever upset with your last name being Torpy, just be like, at least it's not a Lorpy, because that gives you a lazy eye and a limp immediately. <laughs> First slide of Patrick's email. I'm here to answer the call. Sadly, I have no ghost stories to share with you, but I hope this possibly, po- possibly demon-esque story is up y'all's alley. I'm a 22-year-old guy from Louisiana, Kentucky, and I've experienced very little paranormal activity up to now. Well, I'm a solid guy who has always participated in sports. I've never been violent, never even thrown a punch. I am, however, a very potent sleepwalker. I'm the type of sleepwalker who can uh, perform any task while sleeping. Also, sometimes I wake up in a terror, and I'm convinced there is something in the corner of my dark room. So one night, I had a, uh, I had a dream that I viciously smashed my bedside, I, a bedside Ikea lamp against the bedside table. It's nice to know he's a wealthy man. <laughs> you know? uh, if there's one thing that I've noticed, one thread running through all of our listeners' emails, it is the presence of Ikea. Yes, yes. And by the way, I mean, I would love to smash every Ikea lamp that I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, I woke up remembering glimpses of a powerful rage and images of a broken lamp. Surprise, it lay next to me on my bed, completely destroyed. This happened again two weeks later when I was uh, <clears throat> when I broke my folding closet door out of its track. I remember doing it, but I was not in, uh, not in control, and it was absolutely necessary in my dream world. So he had a dream where he had to break uh, his cabinet, mm-hmm. and he did it, which is or his dresser. Maybe the same thing happened when you shit the bed. <laughs> we're not talking about that, that story because it was, it was an exaggeration, and I can't, we're not talking about the poo poo gate anymore. 
Thank you. Who said we're not talking about? I did because I had <laughs> too many. I have had rest. multiple listeners are just like. <laughs> it's not true. I'm just going to say it's not true. I do dream that I was sitting on a brownie. You know what? We're dealing with Patrick Torpy right now. Okay, he just broke his dresser. All right, this freaked me out a decent amount because I have a roommate and I would never want to break down his door and scare the shit out of him. <laughs> that would scare the shit out of him. Shopping for humans is hard, but shopping for your dog is easy. Thanks to Bark. Because dog can't give you its opinion. But every month we deliver dogs and treats just for your pup because they deserve to be spoiled. And then the dog shows you what they like. It's incredible. Only I could teach Wendy to use an iPad. She's so resistant. She scratches it up, barks at it, barks at me. But if she could use it, she'd order BarkBox for herself. At Bark, we send your dog a whole new collection of toys and treats made just for them every single month. And for a limited time, we'll double your first box for free. How about that? Wendy loves her little toys. Carmi has become quite a terrorist when it comes to her toys. And she's a murderer. She rips these things up. But, you know, we got some high-quality, tough toys from BarkBox. And she absolutely loves them. And our family could not be happier. <laughs> and if you just want a slice of this joy, you got to go to BarkBox. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com left. That's right. You can sign up now at BarkBox.com slash L-E-F-T for this exclusive offer. This ad is now over. Let's go back to petting our dogs. No matter what kind of work you do, how you communicate is key. Yeah. Very key. You got to communicate clearly. All these emails, reports, and presentations are equally important to the collaboration needed to get things done. Grammarly can help. Grammarly is your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact at work. It's like you're Captain Kirk and Grammarly is Data and you're kissing a lady on another planet. And Data is just trying to make sure you write better. Better writing means a stronger impact. And Grammarly works across 500,000 apps and websites. And by understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. It did begin to understand when I was yelling and when I was doing bits versus... Me, because I do use Grammarly, but it's nice. But I will also say Grammarly does will do the thing where it's like, um, I think maybe you missed a little comma. Blah blah blah. Oh, and it's like, yeah, I know. Thank you, Grammarly. Like, thank. I get it. Yes, but still, like, maybe we could just think about what I'm going through today, right? But Grammarly really does help because that's what we all need—a stern teacher with glasses and uh, little buckled shoes. That's Grammarly to me. That's what I see. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Sign up and download for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Getting engaged is special for so many reasons. Planning the perfect proposal. Oh, I want to do it at the Hindenburg. <laughs> I want to do it at the Hindenburg Memorial. Celebrating your love and looking forward to the rest of your lives. And if you're lucky, it's short. The only part that's not so special, shopping for an engagement ring, if you don't know what you're doing. That's where BlueNile.com comes in, especially if you don't feel like talking to your mother. BlueNile.com is the original online jeweler. Since 1999, they've helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring with little or no feedback from their mother. 
With Blue Nile, you can create a brilliant piece at a price you won't find at a traditional jeweler. Why use anything traditional? Blue Nile also offers a diamond price guarantee, which means that they can usually meet or beat a competitor's price on a comparable diamond. And I sent you to Steven, my guy, but you still refuse. And you decide to go with your Blue Nile little thing because, oh, it's got 100% satisfaction guarantee with guaranteed free shipping and returns. And sometimes Steven doesn't answer your calls. And sometimes Steven loses the rings. But that's where you don't understand. Because Steven was there for me when your father wasn't. And honestly, so now is Blue Nile. Because every time I call, they pick up with the 24-7 customer support. And they hear all about my hands hurting. And how I've got, they have to reverse my feet at the doctor. They, they said, and they, but eventually they said it's temporary. They're going to put it back forward. But oh, thank you, Blue Nile, for not picking up, even though I texted my son. Right now, you can get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more with code LASTPODCAST at BlueNile.com. That's $50 off with code LASTPODCAST at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Uh, the next incident the next incident was the least destructive but the most telling. I would read from a book every night before I went to bed, but one night I dreamt of a great struggle involving the book. So upon waking, I checked it out. A stack of pages was lying next to my uh, next to the book on my desk, but they were all still binded together. In my slumber, I had grabbed a large chunk of pages, about 200, from the book and with great strain ripped them from the rest of the book. Oof. The back that's wow, difficult that's to really do. That's really difficult. Extremely difficult. Yes. Uh, the back cover was still in place, so when I opened the book to check it, uh, to check it out, I noticed the last page remaining in the book. Six, six, six. Hail Satan! Yeah! The I'm no expert in demons, but this might be a sign and a key to the changes in my nocturnal activities. I'm slightly worried. This is a real story. Thank you so much, Patrick. Fuck yeah! Absolutely, page six, 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 six. When six. I write my biography, it's going to have exactly six hundred and sixty-six pages, forty pages of dialogue, uh-huh. and then six hundred twenty-six pages of silence. Wow, <laughs> yeah. that's exciting! Just pictures of my butt xeroxed over and over. Oh, I love that. And chapter. you're gonna pay money for it. I don't know if they will, but yeah. we'll see. Our next caller, you, Andros. Uh, thank you so much for calling in, man. Absolutely, I'm, I'm such an honor to be on the podcast. Listen about twelve hours a day. Oh hell yeah! yeah well, hell great Satan, to have man. you. Hell Satan. <laughs> hell Satan. Um, all right, dude. What's your story all about? Well, uh, like Marcus, uh, I'm Texan. All right. And uh, like Woo! Marcus, I had to I had to get out of the state for uh, quite a while. <laughs> uh, so I lived in Japan for five years. Wow! And, awesome. Uh, yeah, I uh, I was dating a girl, and uh, because it seems like the Japanese friend. Japanese women love American men, right? Oh, and I think the idea of most American men are what Texans are. Yeah, you know, cowboy hats. We can really play it up. Indeed, and it works really I well. I just say you, you might need to spend some time there, man. They, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm excited. Was, uh, you I'm always go in the wrong place. Was there a uh, what was the reason you had to go to Japan for five years? Uh, I was an Asian studies major in college, so it just kind of worked out. Oh, okay. Perfect. Asian butt studies. Mm, that's good, yeah. Of course, naturally. I guess I was an Asian studies major then also in college, if, if yeah, that's yeah. what it is. I think, I think we've all studied a lot of Asian. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm fairly certain. Um, all right, so you're in Japan. I'm in Japan. I was dating a girl whose grandparents lived in uh, in Nagano Prefecture, okay. uh, which is kind of, it's, it's, it's on the, the western side of Japan. So uh, there's, this, there's this thing in Japan called Obon. 
and it's basically like a Japanese Halloween. So it happens in August, okay. and it's when all the families leave the big city, you know, they return to their old hometowns, and they do a lot of stuff like uh, they give offering to their ancestors. And what are they, uh, what are some of these offerings? Uh, you know, like uh, they'll you know they go to the, the graveyard and 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 clean the uh, clean the family gravesite. Okay. Uh, they you know they typically do things. They'll they'll, they'll like leave out. Um, uh, food offerings and, and alcohol and stuff at the at the gravesite. Okay, uh, and they do a couple other things that that, that I'll mention uh, specifically during during Obon. Um, so we were we were uh, we were all sitting around the house one day. It was uh, me, my girlfriend, and her grandparents, and uh, they, uh, they they basically said uh, like motioned to me to go put on my shoes. Um, followed them out of the house, went down the road, um, went to what looks like a what looked like an old graveyard, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the grandpa kind of approaches one of the graves there and starts uh, praying in front of it. Uh, he goes on for a bit and then he lights what, uh, what a, a bundle of flowers that, uh, he, that, uh, he's had in his hand. I didn't notice it until then, but, uh, so he, he lights the flowers and we start walking back. I'm really, I'm not really that good at Japanese at this point, by the way. I'm not really sure what's going on. Right, right. Uh, so I'm just kind of following the, I'm just trying to follow, uh, follow the family to the graveyard and coming back. Um, so once we get home, it's like, it's just a normal, it's just a normal day. You know, we're having, we're having dinner. Uh, what was we the, wash up. Yeah, go ahead. What was the mood at the gravesite? Was it, uh, was it something, was it, was it happy or was it somber? Was it, uh. It's, it was eerie. I mean, it was it's, eerie. it's, this is like way up in the mountains. Uh, there's not a lot of people that live there. A lot of, a lot of the buildings are kind of, uh, dilapidated at this point. Mm-hmm. How uh, many generations are, are, are buried in this place? Like, is it, like, is it a f- from a long time ago? Like, are, yeah, it's, it's pretty big. So some of the gravesites, like, you can't, you can't even see, like, what the names are anymore. You can't sure. tell what year they died. It's all kind of been washed away by the rain and everything. Oh, wow. Okay. So you have this area so, yeah, experience. It's, it's, shit. it's like hundreds of years old. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So right. it's, 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 it's just way out in the country and people have lived there for a million years, but it's, it's almost abandoned. The only people that live in these towns now are just old people that, you know, aren't going anywhere. Yeah. It's like Ames, Iowa. <laughs> yeah, something like that. All right, so you had, a, you had an eerie uh, cemetery experience. Now you're back at the house. You're eating dinner. Yeah, so we just have a normal dinner. We wash up, go to bed, and anyway, so that so that night I'm sleeping in what I think is the spare room, right? And I'm awoken in the middle of the night by something I can't see. Um, I, it's it's pitch black. It's out in the country, right? Um, and I couldn't move, but what it felt like there were hands on my chest. Hmm. And they sort of, they started on my chest and went up to my neck, going back down to my chest, to my neck. And it's just like this sort of weird padding feeling. So I, I really didn't understand what was going on, but it was, it was obviously really freaky, right? Right. Um, I remember thinking, because <laughs> also I had just woken up, I remember thinking, man, if I just, if I just go back to sleep, it'll, it'll stop, right? Right. So I, evidently that's what happened because I woke up the next day. And I, I barely remembered it. I don't think I remembered anything in the morning. It was only later that uh, we were, again, it was Obon, so we were like, we were doing Japanese stuff. We were visiting temples. Um, you know, we were, we were out in the forest, and it, but it was Obon season, so um, one of the temples had this, like, this, uh, like dance performance going on. Okay. Hmm. And this princess is, is uh, trying to coax the spirit of the mountain out, out of its dwelling place. 
Right. Uh, it's 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 kind of bizarre to describe, but you know, it's it's basically just just this dance, and she's sort of like, uh, you know, dancing around and and bringing and bringing. <laughs> I just realized how weird this sounds. No, 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 no. No, it's, no, it's <laughs> it sounds Japanese. Yeah. Seats, yeah. It, it's very it's Japanese. Yes. Yeah, That's yes. the best way to describe it's it. Perfect. So okay, it it puts me in this sort of metaphysical sort of mood. And then I remember what happened the night before. Mm-hmm. So I told. That's my kind of what that's for. The, the, the point of ritual is to is to create the mental state that you'll be open to to receive, I guess, gifts from spirits or ideas from spirits. That's like, so they did it that well. Sure, that could have been it. I think uh, at the time, remember, I really, I just didn't have any idea what was going on. That's just what they explained to me. Is like, oh, there's a princess, and so you know, right. It's, yeah, yeah, don't give maybe, the American the full worked, story. But, He's going to yeah. rip off the thing and send it to fucking 30 Rock. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> anyway, so I tell my girlfriend about it, and, and she goes white. Uh, she whispers something to, to Grandpa, and he turns around and just, just kind of smiles at me, and he says, um, so I know you didn't catch much of what was going on yesterday, but you know that Obon is the time when we Japanese, we, we honor our ancestors. Right. So yesterday, the grave we went to was, was the grave of my mother. Uh, she hasn't been dead very long, and I often feel her presence around me. You know, I love my mother, and I always want to make her feel special. So I make sure that, you know, every Obon, I, I say a prayer uh, at her grave, and I light the marigolds for her. So I ask her, or I ask him, uh, what, what are the marigolds for? So usually the last thing that we do for Obon is we celebrate a night together with our departed loved ones. But they're in the grave and no longer know the way home. So we light the marigolds so they can follow the trail of smoke back to our house. Hmm. And I'm thinking, I say, wait, wait a minute. You think it was your mother last night in the spare room? Ooh, this is getting and, hot. And he, <laughs> and he, he looks at me and he, and he says, the spare room? That's, that's not the spare room. That was her bedroom. Oh, was, man. Wow. Did you She's feel like you, it was asleep next to her? Did you feel like it was a feminine presence when this uh, entity was pawing all over you, touching on your back and your neck? Yeah, it wasn't a very it wasn't a very strong feeling, but I mean, I, you can feel fingers, right? It wasn't right. Yeah, you can feel the fingers on, on my chest. So it was interesting. It was pretty- That's amazing. And uh, had anybody else experienced a similar thing? Was that uh, was that something that the grandfather had? Um, you know, uh, heard of uh, in the past regarding that room and his mother? I don't, you know, the way that he was looking at me, I don't think it ever happened to him, but I don't think he was surprised. I mean, Japanese right. people really believe in this stuff, right? Well, I know yeah. that in, uh, there's, uh, you can marry a ghost. You can marry a, yeah. can marry a, a <laughs> really like, good. Oh, I can't believe it happened to you. All yeah. I ever wanted is for it to happen to me, which is why I put the marigolds out to fry my prince. <laughs> That's perfect. It sounded just like that. It's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. The the, uh, the Japanese do like ancestors and ancestor worship is a gigantic part of right. their religion. And uh, so, how much longer were you staying in that house uh, in that bedroom for? I was just there a couple more days. And did and you experience anything else uh, in those couple of days? Well, you you know what happened because I was I was pretty freaked out about this. I didn't write Marcus about this, but. Uh, the next day, I went with my girlfriend to uh, the, the, just the, they, Japanese people have like a family shrine, usually in the middle of their house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I said a prayer and like rang, rang the little bell uh, so that she wouldn't do that again. I said, hey, I'm <laughs> here. <laughs> I appreciate the gesture, but you scared the shit out of yeah, me. Yeah, you know what? I be able to go back to sleep. No offense. I just need my rest right now. That's, you handled uh, handle that perfectly with respect. 
I'm, I'm, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Well, all right. Well, thank you so much. Thank for you calling so in. much and telling us that story, Andros. Hell yeah, guys. Hail Satan. Hail, Hail Satan. Satan buddy. Hail we'll Satan. talk to you soon. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. <laughs> all right. All right, welcome to the show. Uh, Thomas, everybody. Thomas is here all the way from beautiful Los Angeles. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Yeah. Hail Satan, Thomas. All right, man. What's your story all about? Well, um, this took place around 99, 2000 at my old house. Where was uh, your old house at? Um, close by the current one. That's semi-close to Los Angeles City. Okay, so cool. Los Angeles City. So, um... My old house, it's, it was a small apartment, uh, two stories. Um, the previous owner was a woman who apparently died uh, before we moved in there. Okay. So. Um, was she an elderly woman or was it an unexpected death? Elderly woman. Okay. My favorite. So, uh, yeah. Love Every night, um, I'd hear like, I, when I was a kid, I used to love the paranormal. So I was kind of hoping for something to happen when i heard there was a woman there dead before that's my whole life that tends to be the kiss of death though for actually getting haunted because i want to be haunted so damn bad and ghosts are too scared of me <laughs> so um one night i was sitting in the living room watching tv and then i'm just i was wide awake the windows are completely closed the doors are closed there's no vents or anything i'm watching tv and to the corner of my eye we have this plastic uh tree sitting in the corner all of a sudden it just starts shaking violently hmm. Hmm. and i'm just i like double take like did i just see that i can hear it clearly like the rustling right and i just like curl up to a ball like oh no what's happening i like i wanted this to happen because i love ghosts and all that <laughs> this thing. is right. the problem though is you don't always get what you want because in the end you want a ghost but in the end what you really want is just Friends, <laughs> this is our problem. This is our problem when we want ghosts. Is that what we mean as friends, but we right. we say when we're children is that we want ghosts. That's yeah. right. So this uh, image of the she uh, tree shaking. First of all, it was enough for you to look away from watching Home Improvement, yes. and uh, and stare at it, and then you immediately curled up into a ball and you were just gripped with fear. Pretty much, I was like, "What? What could that have been?" I I know the windows are closed. If it was a cockroach or something, it had to be a pretty damn big cockroach. It wasn't. It wasn't. Off, man. It Can't wasn't one of those. Off. It wasn't one of those fake trees that you put batteries in and things like take me to the river. Was it? <laughs> no, 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 no. It was a plastic tree. That was. That was about it. And was so, this the only? And this was the only ghost activity you saw in that house? No. Um. Another time, uh, I was in the restroom, and to close the door, you kind of have to pop it shut, like pull it all the way till it snaps. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting in there, and I just hear that sound. I'm like, I'm yelling, "Hold on, hold up! I'm lost out." And then I finish. I walk out, like, "Okay, come in." My mom just stares at me, like, "What are you talking about?" What? What? I'm sorry. What sound did you hear in the back? The door popping in and out. It was an old door, so you have to like pull it completely so it pops. Right. Okay. Snaps into the to the lock. Sure. So I, I hear that, and I just walked out, like. Okay, mom, you can go in. She just kind of looks at me like, what are you talking about? Right. At least it wasn't uh, the tree standing outside the door. That would have been, <laughs> that would have been terrified. So you're here. Oh, get out of the bathroom. I've got to take a shower. You're a fake tree. I would understand if you were real. <laughs> um, so you have two uh, different incidents of paranormal activity going on in this house. Yes. 
And when you explained what happened to your mother, had she experienced any of these sorts of activities? Not at all. And so she just kind of looked at you like you were crazy. Yes, she still thinks I'm crazy because she's like devout Catholic. So I'm. Oh, oh there's nothing please. crazy about her. You know, she's a devout <laughs> Catholic. You know, she just believes that. Oh yeah, uh, you just you bread just turns eat into Jesus's body. meat every single day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't no, think that uh, ghosts can exist? Well, that's the thing. Yeah, I imagine that freaked her out a great deal because she probably thinks that you're consorting with the uh, the demon right. himself. Probably. She knows I'm into that kind of stuff, too, because I would used to go outside with the video camera and record the sky looking for UFOs. That's great. That's awesome. I used to do the same shit, but it was more like I just had a whole... uh, I remember my mom found my folder I had full of clippings from the uh, Unabomber case. (laughs) I had, like, all of these articles cut out from the Unabomber happening. And she was like, what is this, Henry Thomas? And I was like, research, mother. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I put my fucking Phantom of the Opera mask back on. Yeah. I think we all, Marcus, you totally used to have, you, had, you had Ted Bundy's uh, death yeah. picture after he was electrocuted. Yeah, I had, cut, I had a copy of the Weekly World News where they ran a yep. picture of him right after he was executed. And I cut it out and put it in my wall right next to my bed so I could say goodnight to him. Aww. That's so great. I used to hoard Weekly World News as I hoard my papers now. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's great. Um, so these are two incidents in this house, and um, did you ever find out, uh, was there anything that uh, that occurred in that house that uh, that would have led to these th- uh, things? Nothing at all, just random occurrences. And then you, you've moved out of that apartment, right? Right. And now you're, you know, your second place, uh, you were saying there's something happening there as well? Oh, that was my friend's house, my friend's grandmother's house. Your friend's grandmother's house. What happened there? So, um... The way he told me the, the the origin of the story before his his grandmother moved in there, there was a man who would um perform satanic rituals in the the, the living room. Fuck yeah, Love yeah. That's what they're gonna say about my fucking house. I, when they yes. move into my house after I die. I think they're gonna have to tear it down, Henry. I think that's <laughs> the, the old owners. Um, they would. Uh, apparently, the story was that he'd sacrifice dogs in the living room. Wow. And, Satan um, wouldn't enjoy that though. He no. showed me um. You could see like old blood splatters in in the wooden floor, and I was, so I kind of knew about it. And he really? told me uh, certain nights he'd see a large black figure like pacing back and forth um, on the there was a back wooden patio. And you could mm-hmm. he could just see this figure walking. That's so much fun. And uh, and what did he think the figure was? Did he uh, did did he feel a presence with the figure, or he just uh, he just saw it? He thought it was the the, the, the old man who, who lived there. And the old man who lived there previously who did the satanic rituals, he died? Yes. You know, uh, L.A. is rampant with um, satanic activity. I mm-hmm. remember I was I was out hiking in, uh, what's its putts, over by... Uh, where Manson was, right? Yeah, uh, uh, like where Manson was. There's a, there's a, several different places where you can go hiking when you go out there. Uh, I was talking, I think it was somewhere near Runyon. They were, the, the, I was talking with a park ranger, and he was saying, like, if you go through here at night or in the morning, sometimes they clean up debris, and it's all satanic ritual. I mean, a lot of times it's, you know, it's just shithead teenagers just, like, with skulls like fucking with incense right right but every once in a while you'll you'll get some good old school like you yeah. know blood and bones and fucking pentagrams drawn into the sand and that fucking rules definitely thomas did you and your friend ever try to do a seance or anything like that try to conjure up the spirits of the house i would have wanted to just, just to see if anything would happen i have a ouija board but i never used it oh you have to get on it yeah, I know it's it's somewhere in the the back. Yeah, you gotta I'm, get you have to like practice at it. I'm looking at mine right now. Yeah, it it's is on the, it's on the floor, um, with a bunch of feathers on it, and then another picture that's drawn in blood. What yes. is that? 
Hmm. Yeah, that was a flyer I made for my band. Yeah, very cool, cool, Marcus. Very cool. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're always going to be healthier than uh, Marcus Thomas, so that's good, right? You're right. That's awesome. (laughs) Um, Don't say it with so much confidence. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Thomas. Well, thank you so much for calling in, man. Those are truly spooky stories. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you, dude. Hail Satan to you. Hail yourself, buddy. Uh, Well, let's thank uh, everyone who called in. You guys have been awesome. Uh, We had some great stories today. Uh, I'm going to say again, this last story that we're about to hear is my favorite email we've ever received. It's here incredible. at last podcast. And uh, it'll be read by Mr. Marcus Parks. And I say Mr. Marcus Parks because that's how the man addressed it. And I will say a little too much respect. And I don't <laughs> like it. I don't like it one bit. Uh, and this is another reminder. We have our next uh, live show, October 26th, here at the Creek in the Cave. That's right. 10 p.m. 10 p.m. Um, it is faux free unless you bring nugs. And then uh, you get a kiss from me. Well, that's going to really Oh, I bite. I bite. And I kiss. There'll be no weed at the show then. Thank you. Thank you so much. October 26th, 10 p.m. here at the Creek of the Cave. Uh, It's always a wonderful experience. All right, Marcus, let's read the final story of the day. All right. The subject line to this is secret things. Mr. Parks. First, let me say that you shouldn't try to email back to this account. I'll be deleting it shortly after I finish this message. Right now, I'm writing this in my car outside some person's house and leeching off their Wi-Fi so I can't be tracked back to this. Normally, I'm not someone to get very cloak and dagger, but what I'm going to tell you has me worried that I'll disappear if I'm tracked. With that warning, I'm hoping that you can help get the word out about this. Five years ago, I was enlisted in the U.S. Army after some bad decisions, nothing illegal or anything in my life. I've never been perfect, but the armor off- Army offered me a shot at a new life. After four years, sounds I had like made he did something illegal. It sounds like he did something. It illegal. does like sound like he's, yes, he does. After four years, I had made good and signed on for re-enlistment and was shipped out to Fort Bliss. No offense, but I was never a big fan of Texas. That's fine. But you don't get much of a choice on where you go. As you may know, Fort Bliss is right next to the White Sands Missile Range. Fuck yeah. What ended up happening is that I wasn't working at Fort Bliss, but rather living there with a falsified garrison job at the base commander's office, when in actuality, I went to White Sands every working day for a 10-hour shift. To get to my area that I worked, we didn't take a normal road. Rather, we had to use a GPS unit to find a specific set of coordinates since there were no roads to speak of where leading to where I worked. The coordinates were around 33.0032 and negative 106.5426. This led to a small metal door, like the one that you might find that leads to a basement. Once in, the door opened to a cavernous system of tunnels that I had to use a bike in to get to my area of work. Really interesting. Also, also when they say the way they describe, like Dulce, the Dulce, uh, uh, for, uh, the, whatever, the, the research facility, mm-hmm. same thing, a full, long, an S4. Yeah. Hmm. What is it technically uh, what Area 51 is called? These tunnels all went continuously down, so getting to the site was never an issue, but on the way back, it really sucked. This was done partly on purpose, I'm guessing. For reasons that will become apparent at the end of the story, they didn't want anyone to have access easy ways out. My shift was a half mile down the tunnel and then left, around 200 feet down, and then my area was on the right. Once there, I did my normal sign-in on the wall outside and stood guard outside the door. That's really all I ever did for the job. I was never told what I was guarding. It seemed like normal, if secret operation. I kept my mouth shut and did as I was told. Everything was normal for the first couple weeks, but then I started hearing the noises from inside the room. 
I normally heard the sounds of electricity coming from the room, that low hum that you hear near transformers. Sometimes it was enough to put my hair on end. I just figured it was an electrical workstation or something like that. What I started to notice was voices in the electrical hum. I brushed it off at first because I was standing in a tunnel underground all alone for hours on end. I thought I might have been hallucinating, but they got clearer with each passing day. Two weeks in, I got orders that I had an overnight shift. I got to my station and set up for the 24 hour. The day seemed to progress fine, but at 10 p.m., I started to notice the voices and the electricity again, and the lights started to flicker on and off, which scared the shit out of me. There was a scream from inside the room, and all the lights for 50 feet burst. That's when I heard something. I don't have any good way to describe it, but it sounded like a wet static noise, if that makes any sense. I debated for a few moments on going into the room. All I had was a small flashlight that was standard issue, and everything seemed dark. I decided to open the door to make sure everything was okay. Once inside, I pointed my light around for signs of life. It looked like a lab with a bunch of computers hooked up to the ground. Huge wires all led from giant boxes into the ground from the room. There didn't seem to be anyone around, but there was another door that had a wheel on it, like you might find on a ship. It was slightly open, and there seemed to be a bit of light coming out of there. Inside the room was a grate on the floor that was emanating the light. I looked down inside and could make out what looked like six glowing water tanks. Each looked to have a glass cover over it, and I could see glass on the near one of the center ones and liquid all over the ground. Hmm. That's when I saw something move. I couldn't tell what the hell it was. It moved by way too quickly, and it seemed blurry. After I saw it, my head started pounding and I got a nosebleed. I felt like I had a chainsaw burrowing into my skull. I ran out and closed the door with the wheel on it and got the hell out of the lab area. Once I got on my bike, I hightailed it out of there. It wasn't until I reached the night sky that my head stopped hurting. Other troops were already there and I was quickly taken away on a stretcher while multiple troops began their descent into the tunnel. After a week at the hospital, I was told that I was going to be honorably discharged Hmm. from medical issues. I also had to sign my life away to not talk about what I saw. Considering I really didn't know, I agreed. I just wanted the hell away. Around six months later, I started having seizures. The doctors told me there was something off with the way the synapses were firing. I think whatever it was, it got in my head and left some damage and some residual thoughts. Some days, I dream of being in a water tank with wires hooked up to all parts of my body. I can't move, and I can feel power surging through my body. I get these dreams more often than not nowadays. Honestly, I wanted to let someone know what's going on, even if it's meaningless. If I don't get found out for sending this, I'm probably going to die soon from everything going on with my head. Again, please don't try to contact me back. It won't work. That is one of the best stories I have ever heard in my life. It makes my... I mean, Thank you so much for submitting that yeah. uh, story. And please, I, I hope you stay alive. Uh, we have, longer than yeah, you, just uh, live expect. to tell your story. We're going to spread it to our, our, our small population here. Yes. Um, there's, of course, a lot of things going on that we don't know about with our government. Yeah. Um, and they're taking a week off, so yeah, yeah. fascinating. <laughs> and you know, I almost want to—I want to hear those coordinates again. Uh, so maybe if, if a fan wants to uh, do a little research and figure out where the hell this thing actually is. Yeah, you guys, we have the best listeners. On the face of the planet. They're amazing. And thank you uh, again, everyone who called in and everyone submitted, who submitted stories. And we'll do this again. And uh, I hope to, uh, we hope to hear from more of you people. Uh, from more of you people. What you do you people. mean, you people? Last podcast uh, on the left list. Uh, now, yeah, and another week off of our checklist on our way to the rebirth of our uh, Savior. That's right. That's right. <laughs> when we summon uh, the devil. 
our Lord and Savior, Satan. Um, all right. Well, thank you guys so much. We will talk to you soon. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Hail me. Hail Hail yourselves. Magustalations. Yeah, Magustalations. And again, yes. October 26th, Creek in the Cave, 10 p.m. What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. Stream the live TV you love for 40 bucks a month with Sling TV. Sling is football playoffs and pro and college basketball. Get breaking news from MSNBC, CNN, and Fox. Sling is reality TV, kid shows, and more. Sign up in minutes and start streaming live TV at home or on the go. Flexible channel lineups and no long-term contracts. Check out Sling.com for special offers. Sling, the live TV you love for a price you'll love.